the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the show. This is episode 334 of New Zealand's longest running tech podcast, The Boys of Tech. This episode is for the week commencing on Tuesday here in New Zealand, the 2nd of June 2015. Monday was Queen's birthday holiday. My name is Edwin Herman. I am joined over a Skype connection by my co-host, Ben Sonko. Hi, Ed. And how are you? Uh, good, yeah, nice to be back on the show. I think it's been a while that I've been on, haven't been on. Yeah, it's been a little while. You've been you've been very busy. Yeah, my weekends are pretty much taken up now, as opposed to just sitting around doing nothing. I actually do stuff. It's quite good. It's good to be productive. Hmm, yeah. Ben, are we actually using uh, a whole new software package to record our podcast? It's a much uh, more modern, more fully featured package. It's called Audio Hijack. All right, so it's obviously still doing it over Skype. Yeah, so it's recording, uh, correct, yeah. It's got the ability to record from an input device such as, well, like the this microphone I'm using into, into a mixer and also any specific application or applications that you choose. All right. So um, at the moment, we've got it uh, recording from, from the microphone and, of course, to hear your voice, it's recording from, from Skype. So we're going to give this a shot, see how it goes, see how it stacks up to what we previously used. Uh, but so far, it's looking pretty good. Cool. Oh, well, as long as as long as everything comes through clearly, that's all we need, really, isn't it? Absolutely, and I guess we will find out after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the show, let's get right into it. I want to kick off with a story that made me cringe when I read it, and I thought, oh, no, how could you? A man passed away and his wife was cleaning out the garage and she tossed out a whole bunch of electrical stuff which turned for recycling. She put it, in fact, turned it in for recycling. It turned out it was a Apple One computer. These are extremely rare. Mm. And that this <laughs> was worth 200,000 US dollars. The recycling company uh, sold it on. Uh, they got $200,000 for it, and their policy is to split the money 50-50 with the person who's provided or you know given away the, the goods to be recycled. So this woman, as yet unknown, she hasn't come forward, but they're waiting for her to come forward because they have a check for her for $100,000. How about that? See, that's the thing that blows me away more than anything else in the whole story is the fact that this company is giving her the money. That in itself seems, I don't know if it's a, a sign of the times we live in, but that's the thing that shocks me. Uh, as in, you wouldn't think companies would be that honest? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, because they could easily have just, I mean, I don't know what their checks and balances are like and, and how big this company is and how easy or not it is to, to sort of circumvent the process. But you're right. Uh, in principle, you'd think, well, they could have just, sold this because I mean let's face it how many uh, 
items would they be selling on that people have given for recycling that would be worth anywhere near that amount? Surely not. I would have thought hardly any at all. And I think the proof is in this reasoning. If this woman realised how much this was worth, do you think she would have given it to the recycling company? Probably not. Although I guess if they were upfront about the 50-50 policy and it's something that they pride themselves on, then you probably would be more likely to give someone that like that a go because, you know, if they, if they get rid of it and it doesn't cost any money, that's good. And if they actually make some money, they'll, you'll get half of it and say, well, that's great. I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, um, I guess, uh, yeah, although you'd think you could approach someone else to sell it for the same yeah. amount you for less. You'd certainly get a much bigger, yeah. a much less cut taken out of it for sure. Yeah. But then how would you, I mean, I've been working in IT for, you know, 20 odd years and I don't, I wouldn't recognise what it looks like, I don't think. I don't, I don't know what my chances of identifying it would be in Apple One. Look, I'll be honest, I wouldn't know whether one's original or not and it would take me some research, but. I think if, I mean, just because I'm interested in, in the history of Apple, you know, I've seen m- enough pictures to to hopefully for alarm bells to be ringing going, hmm, that looks suspiciously like an Apple one. It's probably not, but hey, maybe I should check it out. But I certainly wouldn't be able to just look at it and go, hey, that's a genuine thing. This is worth thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I doubt I've ever looked at a picture. I, don't, I wasn't into computers. Well, I wasn't alive in 76, but I wasn't really into computers when I was younger. So, I'd, yeah, early Apples didn't really excite me. Well, look, I was never really into uh, computers that much either until, uh, I guess, university, really. But, uh, I, you know, just knowing Apple's history was, I think, I, I don't know, I'm quite fascinated by the Apple story. And, uh, and so because of that, I, I kind of happened to, uh, you know, bec- have become familiar with some of their, their older equipment well before I got into computing. I guess I'm into hardware, so it would make sense. Like if, if I, you know, if I was the, this age at the time, I probably would be into the whole kit set maker and computer kind of thing. Um, but yeah, just, I don't know. I guess I only know Apple is the company they are now. And right. I'm, I'm you know, I could give or take them. I don't really care about them. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> Fair enough. But you, well, I don't, I don't dislike them, but, uh, you know, I'm just neutral. I'm, yeah. Okay. Well, these Apple One units used to retail for, and Steve Wozniak chose this price, it used to retail for $666.66. It's a very Woz thing, by the way, that, that repeats yeah. the thing. I mean, was is pretty cool. <laughs> like, that's reason enough to get into them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But then when did he leave? So, you know, how long Yeah, well, uh, 80, was it 85? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, the fact that he founded Apple, or co-founded, I should say. In any event, there's only believed to be only about a dozen known, uh, I was going to say copies, what, what do you call these? Units. Uh, <laughs> units of these Apple Ones in the world left. Hmm. So, hmm. I'd love to have one, but... Why? Oh, just because of its... I mean, I'd love to have one because I'd sell it immediately for $200,000. Well, well, you know, to be honest, it'd be tempting for me to do that as well. Uh, I don't know. I'd kind of like it for its place in in, in computing history. Uh, You know, I mean, it's not just... I mean, let's, let's be fair. It's not just a early Apple computer. It's the first personal computer that had a keyboard and a screen uh, before that they were just little switches and dials so you know it's I don't know it, it's what's changed how how we do computing today you could say though that if Apple didn't come along someone else would have sure but that would be just as special I mean it's really just a stepping stone um, 
yeah, you could you could point to a lot of a lot of individual instances, and you know, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, I can understand the the emotional relationship that you have with it, but at the end of the day, like you'd never turn it on, you'd never use it; it would just sit somewhere. There's not really any point having it. Not practically, no. I tell you, I and I accept that. But hmm. yeah. anyway, there you go. So be careful what you throw out. I guess you never know what what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not two hundred thousand dollars. I think this this is made in the news for a reason. This is rather an extreme case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. But But nevertheless, you have made a valid point. Yeah, check that milk bottle. (laughs) Make sure there's no milk in it before you throw it out. (laughs) Uh, Okay, on to other news. Then Russia is rumored to be making its own mobile operating system uh, to eventually. Kick out Apple and Google's dominance in the uh, in the mobile space. So it's uh, we I think working with a Finnish company, and they're so kind of creating. Russia is working with a Finnish company. Russia, the country. That's bizarre. Like, so how does that work? The Russian government is going to spin up a um, operating system I company. Think, I think it's the government. Is it? Is it how? What you understand from? It just seems weird. Like I, th- I think it's the the government. Yeah, though, and they're working. They do talk of Well, <laughs> if this is if this is right, that that's the government that's going to be working with a Finnish company to create a independent operating system that's going to be based on. Oh well, if it's selfie. independent, then that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can hear the sarcasm, but look, I I think it's all right. What's wrong with it? That's. Uh, I mean, in the world that we live in now, with like state-funded spying on people, like having the state give you your operating system. I mean, can you see any concerns there? Yeah, but Ben, let's be honest. How how different is it to? I mean, okay, let me change it around. Do you really think that Google's and Apple's operating systems are, are free from? Such spying code as well. I mean, really? No, not at all. But I mean, just because you think someone might, you know, just because your windows maybe aren't triple glazed with bars on them doesn't mean you should leave your front door open. I mean, there is a difference there. Like, if someone's going to break into your house, they're going to break in. But you still don't just leave everything wide open and a sign out the front saying, all my stuff's downstairs in a pile. I mean, that's what it really is when you're letting... Effectively, you know, imagine if the GCSB in New Zealand gave us an operating system, would you use it? <laughs> I don't think so, would you? <laughs> oh, that's uh, well, well put. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. Like, sure, we know that all that stuff's there, but there's a, there is a difference. <laughs> uh, look, uh, the, the thing is, though, the, the Russian government, I take your point, but the Russian government is saying that Android is not open source enough. So to me, I, I haven't seen more details, but to me, that implies that their operating system is going to be open source. You can compile it yourself. You can troll through the code yourself. And so can the world, a, for that matter. That's a big implication that you're you're gleaming from that. Well, I don't necessarily make the same connection. Y- yeah, I kind of see I, that I they want it to be open source. They then inject their own code, close it, and then release it. And they need to know what they're putting their stuff around. That's how I read it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right, but I, well, I, that's why I'd I like mean, to see. That's why I'd like to hear more about it because I don't know. It, mm-hmm. We're the two sides of the argument. That's why we're talking. Yeah, exactly. It's good. Yeah, it's what we're here for, right? I think so. Does that mean we've done the story? Yes. 
Oh, does it mean we can move on? No, we have to carry on talking about it. Because <laughs> uh, didn't the Russian government like poison a guy not that long ago? Didn't they give him like a plutonium or something, or uranium, and let him die over a three-week period in London? Wasn't that, was that the same government that's going to be releasing this? Was that the Russian government that did that? Uh, well, I don't know if it was ever approved, but that was, I think that was the implication. I think they were the, one of the few people that had access to But he, to he was a Russian spy, so why would the... I think so. Yeah, well, well, he was in England. What was he doing over there? Yeah, but if he was a Russian spy, why would the Russian government poison him? If he was defecting? Oh, I see. Oh, right. Uh, that's, I mean, that's what I think happened. I don't know. Allegedly, isn't that what you have to say when you're not sure? Allegedly? Yes, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. We don't want to, the uh, Russian government suing us or doing worse things like forcing us to use your operating system. Three versions of their operating system, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, anyway. Let, uh, let's see where this goes because I, I don't know. I mean, they, they, there's no talk of, of them mandating this. They're still going to be as I have understood a choice they're not I mean I getting- I'm a little bit upset because I run um, Migo on my Nokia um, and Migo is essentially the operating system that turned into Sailfish um, and if I get a All new right. phone that's the operating system I'd like to stick with but I'd start to have reservations with uh, because if they are going to get involved then I'm sure they'll be feeding back into the community then who knows what it's going to end up in in the code base. I'll just have to start using iPhones. <laughs> oh, there's a quote. We we need to keep this quote. Oh, it's not Damn true. It. Oh, sarcasm again, Ed. Oh, was it? Oh, no. Yeah. You can't do this to me. All right, let's move on and talk about a study that was done from Columbia University Medical Center in the U.S., Two researchers studied the frequency of words and terms being used on Twitter and what they found, and I thought this has some wider implications than just this story, but let's, uh, let's go through it. They, uh, in particular, they looked at uh, certain terms being used such as Ebola and they found that by looking at the frequency of the use of the term on Twitter and tying that to location – the Ebola outbreak from 2014, they effectively, uh, I don't want to use the word predicted, but spotted, I guess, the the surge, the outbreak, before it was recognized and declared officially. Which, the researchers looked back in the labs and deter- looked back at a snapshot in time and determined that they predicted it early, that they identified it early. The first thing that came to mind was to me was how many other Ebola outbreaks have they talked about that didn't happen or other things? Like if you tried to find, say, something about, say, a dengue fever, fever outbreak in an area that hasn't had one, how many of them would you find? Because the, the implication I get from the story is that, hey, we should be paying more attention to Twitter to identify us to issues. And it's well, like, well, I, I don't know that it necessarily is about paying more attention to Twitter, but I think we can, if we're careful, we can data mine it and we can get some really good information ahead of time, if it's done, obviously if it's done ahead of time. If we're data mining Twitter, we can get some early warnings, let's say, which could, has some, to be. some could be false, but it's that's all it is. It's an early warning system that you could uh, glean from it. You'd need to have some pretty heavy filters because I'd imagine there would be a lot of false positives, like far more. I mean, 
the internet is just full of speculation, hate, and complete guesswork and accusations. And got to be pretty careful about, um, you know, taking stuff with a grain of salt from, especially from Twitter. When that's well, like I, trolling I, YouTube yeah. comments for for motivational comments. <laughs> I think the thing though with Twitter is that because it's global, it's it's very easy to get all that information right across the globe, as opposed to other methods where you're looking at stats from certain areas, and you you know you might be the government of one country in Africa, and and you're looking at the way things are uh, are sort of developing in your area, but. You often it's easy to sort of lose that worldview. By I'm not saying that you know Twitter is going to be the the sort of you know going to predict earthquakes or anything like that, and you know. But I'm just saying there is I think some value in this that we can data mine Twitter to feed in to perhaps other systems that uh, you know that we can then from that gain useful information. I I, yeah, I, it I, don't, I think it's there's something there. I think if it's another tool, sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess the other side is as a as, as a like a notification system that word can spread via Twitter, and in that case, sure, I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, if if something does need to get out, and you can utilize social media, it is going to get through the population probably quicker than other things. But again, you want to be pretty careful about that. You want you don't want a false positive there either. Yeah, look, I haven't read the study itself. They've published it in the American Journal of Infection Control. I'll say this now: I haven't actually read the study, but I'd like to think that they what some of the points you've you've raised, in particular, you know, false positives and you know this whole thing on accuracy and filters and so on, ha- have all been part of the the, the study and and uh, covered. I would have thought by that. Hmm. You obviously not too convinced about where we're going with this. Um, I, I. Yeah, I'd be suspect about, I, I don't know. It, but don't you agree that we get a good worldly view of what is being discussed, what's being talked about, what's being referred to? It, surely. It's just the majority of it is complete drivel. That's the issue that I have. Like, of all the stuff that is put online, I mean, you know, how how small of a fraction of a percent is actually valuable? I mean, one th- I don't know. One thing I find annoying is that you're reading something in a, in a say, in a news article, and they're like refer- they're citing Twitter posts and then putting the Twitter posts in. It's like that's just that's like having someone on the street give you a quote. Like, what's who's that? What's that got to do with anything? Yeah, I know I've seen that as well. Uh, there's a lot more of the social side coming into our news and blurring the lines between news and opinion and, and you know, comment sections and, and news stories itself is a, was, I guess, the slippery slope, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of like, it's like, you know, this person has got something to say that they want me to listen. You need to tell me why I should listen to you. Because if you're just some random person, I don't know that I want to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, anyway, uh, a couple more stories, ample stories, in fact. Apple is expected to announce a new streaming service at WWDC, I think, is it later this week, I think? I think it's uh, due to start very soon. Anyway, uh, they're expected to announce a streaming service, and it's expected to be priced in the same ballpark as Spotify, namely $10 US a month for US customers. Not sure where that puts uh, you know other countries. Which is interesting because Apple for a long time have said that they're not going to be doing 
you know, getting into the streaming business. Although, to be fair, they that, that the whole side of thing has sorry that whole side of things has gone quieter over the last few years. And of course, they ended up buying Beats, and there's uh, I think a Beats streaming service as well, Beats Music. Hmm. So I don't know. I I think that the the reason I've put this story in is because you know with the dominance of the iTunes Store, does this mean Apple will also dominate streaming, or are they just too late? Yeah, I mean it's just like, I mean my first instinct is like, whoop de do another streaming service. Um, I mean how many of those are out there already? Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I I just am interested to see whether. You know, I mean, let, let's face it. I the the iTunes store is, I think, still the biggest. Uh, in fact, the biggest music store. Full stop. Uh, not just online, but in uh, overall. Um, like the biggest store in the world. No, no, biggest. Sorry, music store. Uh, biggest. What about um, highest sales? <sighs> about Tower Records. That's pretty big, isn't it? <laughs> Tower Records. <laughs> 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 I was trying to think. I was trying to think of a music store. It was like there aren't any. <laughs> there aren't. There probably <laughs> one. Well, well, in the states, I think you've still got. Uh, wasn't it, was it Walmart or Best Buy? Who was selling music through? Well, I don't. The, think one of those dedicated stores, though. Are they? I don't oh know. no, they're not dedicated. No, but they're covered as well. You see, in the in the, uh, I mean, the warehouse in New Zealand sells music as well. In any event, uh, you know, with Apple used to having dominance in the paper song market, are they going to be disappointed if their streaming service doesn't uh, doesn't become number one? They're very late in the game. Very yeah, late. and wouldn't in some ways aren't they in competition with themselves as well? Like, do people that stream also buy? Is that a well? Uh, you see, I'd, tendency? I'd love to see a study on uh, or some stats on that. But, but my gut feel is that you're either a streamer or a you know downloader. A, 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 that's a paper. That's what I, th- paper I think form. that as well. Um, so this yeah, is good. I, so this means that they're opening them, opening up uh, an un, well, an as yet untapped market for Apple. In other words, what I'm getting at is their customers that will buy into this new streaming service if this ends up actually eventuating, won't be, the majority of that won't be existing iTunes paper download customers. Oh, I was wondering where you were getting with that. Um, yeah, if, yeah. They'll be stealing customers from Spotify or from, uh, what are some of the others I, I forget really? Uh, uh, Last FM, do they do stuff like that? I'm not no, sure. I don't know if they do streaming. Um, there's another um, one which I can't think of right now because I'm not into streaming. Uh, Spotify and you know uh, uh, Pandora. Pandora, thank you. Yes, yes, it is. is. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I buy, I buy stuff and listen to it a lot or download. Um, the old podcast has there's some pretty good music podcasts out there, and there's various um other mixes like radio mixes and things. Well, it's not ready for me either, so I'll I'll leave it there. But uh, anyway, there you go. That's the, apparently the rumour, and we'll see what happens at WWDC. Last story then. The mystery has been somewhat solved of Apple's strange unmarked vehicles with funny devices on top of its roof driving across various towns in the United States of America. It's all to do with Apple Maps, and it's to do with improving Apple Maps, which has never really got to the level of uh, Google Maps, 
Street View namely, there is no such Street View in Apple Maps, and I find that a little bit limiting as well. Often I'll be looking at something in Apple Maps and I'll switch to Google Maps for the Street View. Do people still use Apple Maps? Didn't they? I thought they didn't they like um, uninstall Google Maps and then put Apple Maps out, and then it was just such a miserable failure that everyone left. Well, they stopped using it. No, what happened was they provided Apple Maps and they pulled it because it was it was just, it wasn't ready. Uh, uh, so that's my recollection. But in any event, no, uh, Google, uh, Apple Maps is very, very good. In fact, it, ha- it seems to have, at least for new, most of the New Zealand sites, much, much better resolution. And it seems they have this awesome, which I can't, I don't see in, in Google Maps, a 3D rendering of of, um, you know, not just buildings, but things like trees and, and whatnot. The whole thing's like, I don't know where they get this 3D stuff from, but it's brilliant. Uh-huh. So, uh, but, you know, there's other areas where it's lacking. And anyway, back to this, the mystery. Some people have been commenting on these vans that have been going around. They are uh, from Apple. They are unmarked, but they are collecting data to improve Apple Maps. Which will in the re- same way that the Google ones um, trawling through everyone's Wi-Fi connections and getting their emails was improving Google searches. <laughs> that, that kind of improvement. <laughs> I love the way you find these interesting new angles to look at stories that I I, I never would have th- thought of. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just. Hope, I mean, yeah, for Apple's sake, let's hope they don't make the same mistake as uh, as oh, I'm sure they won't as Google. You mean getting caught? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a cynic. You are such a cynic, man. Very much so. (laughs) Unfortunately, I read the news and it's very, very depressing. Well, look, that's why we have you on the show anyway, to to look at these stories from a different angle. Otherwise, it would just be rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, it would just be lollipops and unicorns again, wouldn't it? Oh, lovely, lovely. (laughs) Okay, anyway, let's end the show, eh? That was episode 334 with Ben. want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Oh, you're welcome, Ed. It's good to be back. It's good to have you back. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again next time. Until then, have yourselves a fantastic rest of your week. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.